This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. It's football season, and that, of course, means betting on football, college, and pro, which brings us to a sponsor of the show, MyBookie.com. MyBookie is your play to bet and win, and with many deposit and withdrawal options, you win, they pay. MyBookie has live in-game betting on every NFL game. They have the most rewarding player perks in the business, and get this, you can even bet on over-under on how many fantasy points a player will score in each game. MyBookie also has handicapping contests like the $150,000 MyBookie Super Contest, the $50,000 2019 Survivor Contest, their $75,000 March Madness Contest, and more. Visit MyBookie online today. That's M-Y-B-O-O-K-I-E, MyBookie, and use the promo code T-YARDS. That is T-YARDS to receive a match bonus of up to $1,000 on your first deposit. The promo code, once again, is T, the letter T, Yards. Bet with my bookie, win, and get paid. Now, on with the show. Welcome to Three Yards Per Carry, a podcast covering the Miami Dolphins and the NFL. Now, here's your hosts, Chris, Alf, and Simon. And we're on, and welcome to Three Yards Per Carry. I'm Alfredo Artiaga. I have Chris Kaufman here with me. We're hoping to get to Simon Clancy in later on in the show he's somewhere in green bay i understand there's no football there but he's making a pilgrimage to lambeau field he's hanging out and playing madden with aaron Rodgers. yeah that his his boy remember they're besties now he simon promised us that they're besties (laughs) yeah that's what i heard well uh they played a game yesterday chris the packers or the dolphins I wish, you know. that No, actually, the Packers played a couple of days ago. <laughs> okay. okay. Uh, this, was, uh, uh, this was not optimal. Uh, this game. <laughs> not uh, optimal. Find... That's, the, that's the worst description of, of, of this absolute <laughs> distinguished. <laughs> well, let me set the scene for you, okay? I'm poolside. I'm not yet in the pool. I was in the pool and I made it known in on the three YPC account where I basically said something like, all right, this is, there's nothing to analyze here anymore. So I'm going in the pool, you know, <laughs> you know what I mean? It was late in the second quarter, but I'm there sitting poolside and staring at the screen. And there's a couple of dolphin fans and they had their theories about how bad the team was going to be this year. And I was assuring them that there's surface talent, but they're going to get killed in this game. And they're probably going to get killed in the first four games I was not prepared for this. This is worse than anything I'd ever seen. This is the, the most lopsided beatdown. 
And I saw the Jacksonville game. The Jacksonville game, when Marino lost 62-7 to his last game, I saw that game. I saw most of it. I saw the fourth quarter from Gulfstream Park. I, I decided to go bet horses, okay? And that game was just uh, an avalanche. Like one thing begat another, then turnover after turnover, then long Fred Taylor touchdown runs, then defensive scores. That happens in the NFL, and then it just got out of hand. This was absolute and total domination in every single aspect of the game. And you can make a case that the Dolphins exacerbated some of that. What was your view of, the, of what happened on that field on Sunday? This was worse. Like, this game, if you had taken a dump in your own pool while you were watching the game and then gone to the racetrack and lost $1,000 and then Aaron Rodgers phoned up Simon and said, I, I really don't like you anymore. Um, that would be, that would be better, still better than what happened with the Dolphins on Sunday. Uh, because this was, this, nobody was prepared for this. I don't think we all, and that's the thing. Like uh, you got a lot of people that are kind of being a little bit annoying about it. They're being dicks. They're like, Oh, what did you expect? You know, this is, this is what we, you know, do you want them to be seven and nine and, and spend a hundred million dollars on Nick Foles and you know, all this stuff. And I'm like, no, dude. I just was probably hoping for not the worst home loss in franchise history. I mean, that, let's start there. Let's let's go. Let's start there and go a little bit up. Yeah, <laughs> you know? Like I told you yesterday, I, I believe I told you on the WhatsApp chat that if there was a way to be disappointed, like the mission was to lose. Let's be clear. Okay. The mission was to lose, but the mission was not to be absolutely hopeless in the loss. Okay. Yeah. So there's ways where you can lose 35 to 10 and fight like hell. And at the end of the game, you say, you know what, man, this guy, you know, this guy left absolutely everything on the field. Sure. And that guy looked great. And then this guy looked great, but this was a bit different. Like you want, yeah, there's, we've seen teams, especially under Tony Sperano or somebody like that, that are always, that are always just good enough to lose. You know, exactly. um, that's, that's the team. I, I think you're kind of, you're kind of hoping for that. You're kind of hoping that the discipline with these players – and that's really, that's really the shame of it is mm -hmm. they didn't – you know, for all the, the, the hoopla about the, the takes-no-talent wall and the mm -hmm. discipline and the, you know, everything, everything about their conditioning and stuff like that, they get out there on the field and they were blowing – everything we can't even get an evaluation of how bad they really are of how insufficient they really are because you have to fight through you have to hack your way through a jungle of absolute mind-blowing mistake after mistake that professionals just shouldn't make on Sunday you know in the secondary and th this is and this is something coming out of halftime the um the sideline reporter doing the coverage was like the reason Brian Flores is really ticked off right now uh, you know they're they're down whatever 42 to whatever it was at halftime the reason Brian Flores is really ticked off right now is for all the upheaval all over the team that happened over the last week like, yeah we kind of understand that but the secondary was one place where there was no upheaval all right this is these are all guys that were there have been practicing, have been playing in the preseason games, have been playing with each other, have been learning the system, learning the coverages, 
everything. We're talking Minka Fitzpatrick. We're talking Rashad Jones. We're talking Xavier Howard, Eric Rowe, Jamal Wiltz, uh, Chris Lamons. You know, these guys were all here. Okay. Yeah. They were all here and they've been here all year learning this. And they got out there and they blew it and they blew it badly i mean they just were they were all over the place they didn't look like they didn't know what they were doing out there no it was and, bad. and so and you can't you can't get an honest assessment of how bad of how insufficient the team really is because there's so much of that letting up the big plays that yes. you can't even get to like well okay now let's get to the bread and butter plays like why are we allowing nine yard runs why are we allowing five six yard runs why are we allowing you know third and medium uh conversions stuff like that no no before you get to that you have to get to where the hell is bobby mccain is he even in stadium or where you know why didn't make a fitzpatrick go this way you know why? yeah, uh, yeah. You know, it's, it's terrible it's absolutely terrifying how bad they turn or they were in this game um if you if you want to be positive about the coach and the coach is and their ability to teach the players yeah, and, and I got to say this, uh, in a tank, quote-unquote, tank season, and, of course, we're not tanking, but we're tanking. In a tank season, you, you want to really – you want to start stacking silver linings, okay? Mm -hmm. And I wanted to see, you know, Jerome Baker and Sam Aguavon play well, and they, paid, they played the opposite of well, I would say. They were mm -hmm. two of the worst players on defense in that game. And you want to, you know, you want to see some some things that you could you could carry over, maybe not into the next game, but into maybe even the next season. And I could only really find one, okay. Mm -hmm. And that was Preston Williams was a stupid rule away from a great debut in the NFL with two touchdowns. Yeah, with that that would be touchdown that didn't end up being a touchdown. Yeah, that was a touchdown in the NFL about fifteen years ago or twelve. Yeah. I, I, I think it's fair. A, I think it's fair though. You got to hold on to the ball there. Yeah, but it used to be where they used to call. You know, the ground can't cause a fumble, and he was. Mm -hmm. made, you know, there was contact on the play. You know what I mean? But for whatever reason, the ground can cause a fumble when you're trying to catch the ball. <laughs> yeah, it was, and and he's so he. I think that he was he was good. I think he showed the talent that he has, yeah. and you're going to see it at some point. It's only a matter of games and reps when you're gonna see like catches that just you know blow your mind um and by the way let me uh, sorry to interrupt but uh channing crowder made a great point today on the show on his show with with mark hockman he said really don't put that that drop on him if you watch the play again the db puts his face mask right on his hands and it was mm. one of those where it was like it was bang bang you hit the ground yeah. and a helmet is hitting your hands yeah trust me the ball is leaving your hands no, I didn't really blame him. Some, some people are saying that that was a drop or something. I didn't consider it a drop at all. I, I, I thought it was, it was going to be a hell of a catch if he was able to complete it, especially with the way that they went to, to the ground together. Yeah. And, um, and no, he just couldn't finish it. You'd, you'd like to see him finish that because top players in the league do, but he is yeah. also a rookie, so um, that's fine. Uh, you, we're going to be positive about him. We're going to be positive about – well, quite frankly, Devontae Parker looked all right. Um, and uh, and Ryan, <laughs> to get right down to it, Ryan Fitzpatrick, I mean, bad decision notwithstanding. Yes. Uh, with with Kenyon Drake, the interception there. 
which won a game like that, you, you really don't end up mining that as long as your quarterback is productive. But that man was running around for his life all yes. day. I mean, I thought he was going to die. And, and yep. he, he ran around, scrambled around for his life all day and, and actually did some things, you know, got some, got some jabs in. Now, the question is, just good enough to lose, what does that look like? Just good enough to lose means that you're not letting up those just ridiculous big plays that, um, that they did that got them down 42 to whatever so quickly. Just good enough to lose means that, okay, you stop them on the run a couple of times, and then on third down, you give it up because you just don't have the coverage guys or you just can't mm-hmm. get there in the pass rush or something like that. Or Lamar, Lamar Jackson hit you up scrambling, like, which he can do. He didn't even have to do that in nope. this game. Lamar Jackson didn't have to <laughs> do anything with his feet because we weren't even good enough to get him there. Yes. So that's, that's what's really – then people are like, oh, well, you know, who would really su- be surprised if we turn around this week and, you know, all of a sudden play really well against the New England Patriots and get a win here? I was like, I would. <laughs> I would be shocked. I would be shocked to my core. Yes, based on what absolutely I saw. shocked. And this was an absolutely atrocious showing by an atrocious team that is looking to go 0-16. Yeah. I mean, listen, we understood heading into this week, especially after the last week they had where they ditched Laramie Tunsil, ditched Kenny Stills, ditched um, TJ McDonald and, and Kiko Alonso and Vincent Taylor and Tank Carradine, which I, I, it's not a big deal, but, I mean, like, you could have helped. Um, you know, all these players. And then churned over 26% of the roster – days before the the season began i mean we kind of understood this team could be a little it could look a little bit unprepared but this was well it was the worst home loss in franchise history and the franchise has been around i don't know if you all know this but the franchise has been around for a while yeah so, since 1966 <laughs> yeah so uh i this is the you don't want to be the worst you right and, and that's that's what's really such a shame all right, let's comment on this. We ran a poll on three yards per carry, and the question was asking most disappointing aspect of yesterday's game. And the results came like this. 9% Baker and Aguavon, 49% every defensive back not named Howard. And by the way, if you want to find a def- defensive player that played well yesterday, it was Xavier Howard. 8%, yeah, right. 8% the offensive line, and mm-hmm. 34%, which I found really interesting, the coaching. Let's go one by one. Chris, your thoughts on bacon eggs as you coined them. I was profoundly disappointed. They were two of the worst things on defense yesterday, in my opinion. Yeah, I mean, they. so I don't, I don't know if – they weren't good, but I thought they were misused. Okay. <laughs> and that's, that's, what, um, that's what I – you know, okay, Sam Aguavon, he, he played pretty well for us in the preseason. He was, um, you know, a plus player. He came over from the CFL. We knew what he was in the CFL, right? I mean, this is this is you, all you have to do. You don't have to look very long at, at him and say, "Oh, what is he?" You know, is he? Um, he's a coverage player, right? That's 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 what he was. He was a coverage specialist. And you know, where did you end up finding him? But on the line of scrimmage, as a left outside linebacker, forty nine out of 67 snaps Mm -hmm. 
he was in the box only 17 snaps. That's not being used like a coverage player. And this is, I've been talking about this, and I mostly, I mostly bitched about, to be honest, I mostly bitched about Jerome Baker this way. But the same goes for, for Sam Aguavon uh, as well, which is that you can't use these two players. They're both undersized speed coverage linebackers. You can't use these guys like the New England Patriots used Donta Hightower and Kyle Van Noy. This is not Rob Ninkovich, okay? This is and, – and they're using them like that, and it's like – no, it's not going to work. No, it's not going to look good. I don't care. I mean, I understand that Jerome Baker did some things in the preseason, and it's like, you know, now oh, now we think he can blitz, and now we think he can, you know, do all this stuff. But maybe not. <laughs> you know, maybe, and certainly not Sam Aguavon either. I mean, this is a coverage linebacker. Know your players. Know your defense. And they're not doing a good job with it. I guess they lost Andrew Van Ginkle, and, and that's a tough – that's a tough break and he's on IR, but it's not like they were putting much on him anyway in the preseason uh, yeah, or in was, training camp. Uh, it was a very interesting camp for, for AVG, like we like to call him here. Or the, uh, the serial killer uh, to be, a, to be yeah. discovered later. Very, very uh, friendly to three yards per carry. Okay. Yes, okay. He is. He is. Okay. He better be. We better be on his good side because <laughs> I don't yes. want to be on his bad side. He was very friendly to me. Every single practice willing to answer Every question off so, and on the record. So quiet. Low ears, too. Don't yes. be, be yeah. careful. It's always the quiet ones, you know? But, yeah, yeah he's the quiet ones with the long hair. Yeah, he spent most of the camp, you know, with one ailment after the other. And who knows? Maybe he just didn't have a very good lead up to camp. Mm-hmm. And he came in maybe a little bit out of shape and got beat up. Basically, that's what happened. So now he's on IR. Yeah, and you know that's tough break. Okay, I get it. Tough break, mm-hmm. and um, and and that's fine. Uh, but you still, you, you just picked up. Uh, well, that's the problem, really. I mean, we're talking about like Vince Beagle, and they just picked him up, right? Yes. Um, and and what happened to Nick DeLuca? Is he even on the team anymore? I can't keep track. No, he uh, got cut. <laughs> Nick DeLuca gets cut, which is amazing. Um, so yeah, after after the guy was practically starting, yes. For, Yes, John Jenkins played 47 snaps. Which is insane, okay? Insane. But he, he played it all right. But, you know, Avery Moss played 46 snaps. Avery Moss just got – they I, guys yeah. don't have their parking spots yet. Yeah, he got he got a play in, and I, and I looked at it, and I'm like, wait, for a second there, trust me. Trust me, listeners. I'm pretty informed on this team. I know every guy on this team. For a second there, I was like, wait a minute, who the fuck is that? Yeah. No, right, right. <laughs> and then I'm like, oh, yeah, yeah, that's Avery Moss. <laughs> Who's 93? Jesus. Um, yeah, it, and and that's – but, you know, Raekwon McMillan came and, play and played in the game. Uh, he hasn't really played much. James Crawford came out and played uh, – well, I, I guess if you're, think, if you're really going to nitpick, a lot, of, a lot of bottom roster guys played because, quite frankly, this was a preseason game for half of the game. Yes. Um, that's how bad it was. Uh, so – yeah, I mean, yeah, you can complain about the snap count. I, I, it's not probably not fair to think about the snap count too much yes. in some respects because it did become a preseason game. But at the same time, I mean, yeah, you got John Jenkins and Avery Moss playing 46, 40, 50 snaps. Um, then, and they just got here. They don't even have a parking spot yet. And you got on the offensive line – You've got uh, the entire right side. Danny Isadora and Julianne Davenport haven't found the bathroom yet, so they just took a shit on the field. <laughs> yes. um, and this is – I mean, that's 
that's how new they are. And yeah. so it's, it's really, it's really depressing. It was really depressing what we saw out there. And I said this, I said, tank of is, um, is, is catching or is uh, contagious and, and it yes. can spread to even some of your favorite players. And, and yes. it did some of your favorite players are like, yeah, some of your, it's contagious. You right. know, some of your favorite players start, start jumping in and sucking too. Yeah. To put bacon eggs, you know, to bed, that RPO, which was a thing of beauty, okay, mm-hmm. uh, the subtleness of what happened there was, you know, everybody wants to say, well, Eric Rowe just got beat by Hollywood Brown, and Hollywood Brown well, yeah. faster than everybody. There's more than that. There's a lot more than that. Right. If you watch the play, and some guy was arguing me, no, you know, it's the RPO. It was Lamar Jackson's wizardry. No, no. He pulled the ball. The ball was pulled, and Jerome Baker mm-hmm. kept going that way. Yeah, like completely oblivious to the ball being pulled two counts before the ball is thrown. If Jerome Baker sees the ball pulled, he gets deeper and starts moving back into his zone and takes away that throwing lane. And Lamar Jackson has to hold it for an extra count to try to complete the pass on the other side of the zone. It's a much more difficult play to complete rather than just throwing into a wide open middle of the field. Which right, is, but but I think that's also opportunistic too, because you know Jerome Baker had the had the assignment to where he could have made a play on that ball or you know made it harder, but the reason that it happened the way it happened is because Bobby McCain gave up his deep third or gave up his deep middle and bit way too hard on the run just completely vacated and then and this is this is the danger you've got an experiment running mm-hmm. where you've got a slot corner who is five foot nine and not fast manning the last line of defense in your defense and i've i've been saying this how long have i said this how many times have i said this it's a great way to play you know play your defense pretty well 65 out of 70 snaps and still let up 30 plus points well yep. they didn't play pretty well 65 but it's still but still having Bobby McCain out there being shaky as the last line of defense who do you think fell off the tackle on that first 49 yard run right away the second play of the game I mean he came up he came up and Phil had to cover a lot of green took an awful angle then he had to you know take a glancing shot from the side and just fell down feebly at the at Mark Ingram's feet and then he scampers off for 49 yards because he was the last line of defense I mean, this is going to ha- keep happening, and we haven't even seen the red zone shit, you know that that you see with him well, and his weakness, his weakness, yeah, his weakness in the red zone, which was popping up in the preseason and in training camp. We yeah. haven't even seen that because we didn't get to that yet, <laughs> and, yeah. we, and there's a lot that we didn't get to. So, I mean, you know, if you're looking to see how bad it's, it's like I said, you can't even evaluate how bad the team is because you know it's hard to hack your way through the jungle of ineptitude that took place on so many of those big plays before you can really get to the meat and bones of, you know, what, where they're deficient everywhere. So we didn't even see some of the, some of the ways that Bobby McCain at free safety can blow the game for the dolphins later on as we go through the year. That's That's coming. coming. No, I promise you. Um, It's going to be bad. It's going to be really bad. All right. That's enough for bacon eggs. Let's take the second one. 49%. Every defensive back, not named Howard. What did you see there? I know what I saw, which was capitulation for the most part. Well, yeah, think about this. Physically. Is, is think about happened. this, though. Think about this, though. Jamal Wiltz only played 14 snaps. Okay. Jamal Wiltz only up, played. up a 1,000-yard touchdown. 
Yeah, and Jamal Wilts only played 14, but not just the th- not just the touchdown, not just the big touchdown. First off, when you get beat deep by Willie Sneed, that's a problem. <laughs> <clears throat> that no, that should there, not be happening. We did a podcast. We did a podcast maybe three weeks ago where I said where and and that's another thing. Marquise Hollywood Brown, you know, there's a reason why nobody was drafting him in fantasy drafts. Okay, he had had a terrible off season, a terrible preseason. Oh, but and, that's okay. and this guy now, well, now evidently he's the best deep threat in the history of pro football, at least on, in the NFL this year. He played 14 snaps and he did that against us. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I lost count. Like, like he could have had 4,000 yards if he wanted. Yeah, I mean. But, but one, no. one time we made Xavier Howard travel with Marquise Brown. That's embarrassing. And sure enough, well, Howard got the pass defense on that play, by the way. <laughs> we were lucky. We were quite frankly, we were lucky that the Ravens only used um, Marquise Brown on 14 snaps. And this is, again, what I'm talking about. The ineptitude was so staggering that we don't even know the full extent of how bad this team was because they only had to use Marquise, Marquise Brown on 14 snaps to do what they did. They didn't even have to you know, scramble or run Lamar Jackson at all to do what they did I mean so we didn't challenge them to any degree and you know Jamal Wiltz getting back to him he was only on the field himself for 14 snaps and yet he let up the big a deep play to Willie Sneed how does that happen and 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 another one a deep play to uh to Mark Andrews yeah Mark Andrews he let up he's the one that fell down on you know he was he was in man coverage on Mark Andrews and he fell down while trailing him, and it resulted in a 39-yard um, play right on, and got them right to the doorstep of the end zone where they got another touchdown. Yeah, and let me say something. I don't like to, you know, I don't like to call out anybody else, and I won't mention them by name, but somebody was on Twitter saying, you know, why would you have a nickelback on Mark Andrews? Well, well, you know, for fuck's sake. On a deep you know, play, you don't mind. Everybody. On a deep play, that's what you want. Yeah. <laughs> okay? Your guy's supposed to be able to run with him. And yeah. well, not in this case, you know what I mean? Not but, in this case. No, I mean, he just, he, I don't know if he clipped heels or something like that, but he just fell down on the ground. Maybe, maybe Jamal Waltz is just not good. And they're, they're well, trying that's... to keep this, this experiment going. <laughs> Imagine for... that. He was, he was a practice squad player a year ago. Imagine yeah, for, for whatever reason, the coach, I thought, I thought we were done with this, but this seems to be like a, an NFL wide phenomenon where yeah. you have pet players and these pet players are going to be with you until, you know, until God knows mm-hmm. when. So Jamal Wilt should not be on this team, period. Well, you know, I think it's – I don't even think it's a pet player thing so much as it's like, you know, sink or swim. I mean, Brian Flores has got to be desperate at this point for guys who yes. do anything that he knows, like he feels like he knows what they're going to do. And um, and because otherwise – I mean, they turned 26% of the roster days before the game. I mean, it's, it's absolutely yeah, – I've but, never seen anything like that. I've never seen anything like Chris. that before. And trust me, you haven't seen anything like that. You, listener, you have not seen anything like that either. And no. anybody who says, oh, this is the Patriot way, this is what they do, no, that's bullshit. That is not true. That is not something that the NFL does. It is not something you've ever seen before. It's not something you've seen in New England. No. It's not somewhere, something you've seen anywhere else. So don't let Brian Flores pull the wool over your eyes and say, you know, oh, turnover in the NFL happens. Turnover, you know, blah, blah, blah. No, bullshit. That's bullshit, folks. Okay? That is a line. Okay? Yes. No, this, they turned over 26% of the roster days before the season began. And that had a drastic effect on the outcome of this game. And 
you know, let me ask you one last question before we move off the defensive backs. If, if Chris Greer came to you tomorrow and charged you with finding a replacement for Jamal Wilkes, can you do it with a phone, with a phone and 15 minutes? I mean, maybe because uh, hell, they might have already had them. You know, they had Tyler Patman. He's got skin skins on the wall. Um, well, that's my know, point. So I don't understand why this guy's still here. He he's shown nothing except the first three days of camp. Good like, special I teams players, okay. I player, I guess. Yeah. Okay. Great. Yeah. You know, <laughs> yeah. Chris Lamon's got in. Chris Lamon's got in for thirteen. Stuff. At least he. Yeah, at least he hits. At least he hits people on special teams. So he he has he does. to be here. You know. And I mean? he didn't. And he did not let up any catches. Just no. Just. You know, for and he did actually knock down a pass to Willie Sneed. So if you've got a guy that can actually keep up with the speed threat, Willie Sneed, <laughs> Willie Sneed, man, oh my God, Speed Sneed, um, then uh, then you know, hey, you're right. cooking on gas now. Enough of these defensive backs. The next one was eight percent. The offensive line, and the only reason we got and and that's came in fourth, by the way. Yeah, why? Oh, that's weird. Just, you know, they're just resigned. I think people just resigned. yeah. Like, okay, I think terrible. they expected it. <laughs> they're terrible, so we're not going to beat up on them anymore. On in this poll, yeah, they're like, what do you expect? Jesse Davis is a career right guard. He's playing left tackle. You got yeah, Danny Sidora. You know, I wake up and I'm starting to see all these things on on Twitter. I'm like, oh, this is the new offensive line. I'm looking at it like, wait, what? Davenport is not playing right tackle. Yeah, who's playing yeah, left and, tackle? And I'm thinking to myself, okay, this makes a lot of sense. You know, this means that Jesse Davis is going right back to right guard after they gave him his three-year deal. And I'm yeah. thinking to myself, okay, this is taking shape. This is our right guard for the next two years mm-hmm. here. You know what I mean? No, he's the left tackle now. <laughs> yep. Yep. And maybe, I mean, as we go forward, who knows? I mean, they did, they did just grab Jamarcus Webb. Uh, I know that he can probably play right tackle. He's, he's a massive, massive man. He's right in the mold of the guys that we talked about before, like Jared Jones Smith that they had in camp or, uh, or Isaiah Prince, who's still on the roster. Um, right. Am I, do I have that right? I, yeah, I can't still, keep track anymore. He was in um, for the game. So was Shaq yeah, so, home, by the way. Guy takes that was weird. Snap. That was weird. Camp, and in preseason, most of them with the first team and he's not there on Sunday. And that's that's strange. Let's call that what it is. The right side of the offensive line, Danny Isadora and Julian Davenport, literally were introducing themselves to Ryan Fitzpatrick in the huddle during a practice right before the game. <laughs> yes. They're they're like like Fitzpatrick is literally, hey hey guys, I'm Ryan Fitzpatrick. I've played for eight teams and I have like fourteen thousand kids. How are you doing? <laughs> yes, you know, there's not much you can say about the offensive line. Um, I guess we can say that they signed Jesse Davis. So he's in their plans going forward. You know, the yeah, more I've got some people. It, I got some people talking to me about this <laughs> that are like, you know, that's just accepting mediocrity. I'm not. I'm not sure. I'm fully on with that yet. I, I think that he can play somewhere, but um, yeah, yeah. Well, they paid him scale. Like that's what he's. It was. You're right. It was scale. So you know, like they didn't go crazy. They didn't they pay somebody. The they got, they got, they're flush with money. All it's doing is burning a hole in Steven Ross's yeah. bank account. How bad, how not bad. How, how good is that P and L statement going to look like this year for Steven Ross? <laughs> it's gonna look like great. seriously, because he's got, he's got the profit share from the NFL. He doesn't even give a shit about like, you know, ticket sales and stuff like that. He's got, he's got the profit share from the NFL. He's got that revenue coming in, the big TV money coming in. And he's got the lowest payroll in the NFL by, you know, the next lowest payroll 
is paying 30 cash payroll that is is paying 36 million dollars more than steve ross he is gonna be flush with money in the on his pnl i wonder if he sells after this that'd be a hell of a light way to end your ownership of the team just go out on a pang like fuck this dismantle the roster pay nobody take all of the profit on your pnl take your yes. chips and go home like that's Absolutely. that would be you know i'd, I'd have more respect for him <laughs> Yes. And let's take the last one here before we get out of here. And I think we could be brief on this. 34%, the coaching. So people were, you know, kind of, you know, upset or disappointed in the coaching yesterday. Let me say this. Man, I really expected much more from that defense. I really did. 59 points. Like, nine points. Yeah. And there were no pick sixes. You know, were there some pick sixes that I didn't see? Or a kickoff no. return for a touchdown that I didn't see? Or no, a, a big special teams play, but that got him on the doorstep of the end zone. So Yeah, a muff punt. So, yeah. okay, so no, no, I mean, punt. well, no, actually then two special teams plays because there was the fake, remember? Oh, yes. They faked the punt up like 4,000 points, which I yeah. respect in yeah. the first half. Somebody was telling me like, man, that you know, that was, you know, that was dirty. You know, that was low yeah, down. Like, it was, but... back. Uh, the way I look at it is like this. Most special teams, you know, uh, you know, most punt teams have a hot call where if you see it, you go for it. True. It was That's still true. the first half. You know what I mean? Now, if you yep. do that in the fourth quarter, you're just an asshole. That's right. Okay? But if you do it in the first half, like, you know, what do you want, what do you want us to do? You want us to call off the rest of the game? You want, it to, you want to start yeah. playing with a running clock? Like, no, I agree. I agree. You know what I mean? Uh, so if you do it to me in the first half, I don't have a problem with it. But you, you attribute that directly to the roster turn at the bottom that happened. Absolutely. Um, because that's, that affects your special teams. That's what it does. And attention to detail as well. Yeah. Like I mean, so- well, I mean, how, how, much, how much detail can you pay attention to when you just got here three days exactly. ago? I mean, it's – Yeah. And those are the type of things that special teams coaches, you know, it drives them up the wall because those are things that they drill. They look for certain tells. Mm-hmm. They look for mm-hmm. certain alignments where it might come, it might not come, but you're going to be ready for it no matter what. Well, you know, you saw the play. <laughs> they yep. weren't ready for that. <laughs> okay. It almost scored. It needed Jakeem Grant to play center field to stop a touchdown. So, yeah, I don't know. The, on defense is where I was really disappointed, man. There's so many points and such an avalanche. Like, I didn't feel like they competed at all. Mm-hmm. What did you see as far as play calling? and Because and, I'm not even going to get into the offense because, you know, the offense is what it is. You're, you're down 4,000 points before you even, you know, started breathing in the game. How many yards did they let up on defense? Was it like 700 or something like that? I don't know. It but was it 650 was or something like it that. It was a lot. It was incredible. That's a lot that, of yards. That was, that was a piss poor showing all the way around. Um, listen, at some point you do have to put things like Bobby McCain being at safety on the coaching. Um, because that was an ill-conceived idea from the start and it's proving out to be an ill-conceived idea and it's going to continue to be an ill-conceived idea. Um, you know, you have to put some of the stuff, they, they, they were aggressive, I thought, um, and putting, putting people in spots, I think because they're trying to bail out the, um, the front, the defensive front where, where all the upheaval evil happened, um, (laughs) evil, uh, because you know you you had guys like John Jenkins and Avery Moss up front they hadn't been here um you had Raquan McMillan all of a sudden playing a lot and and he hasn't really gotten much action all through the preseason and um and he was kind of out of favor you, you had 
I mean, they were, they were aggressive. That that's, that's kind of what I, what I got from it, but there are some curious, you know, borderline, dare I say, questionable play calls on defense. I mean, there was one, I talked about it with you before there was a, um, a, a goal line snap. It wasn't goal line. I think they were on like the four yard line or something like that, where they spread us out and we had all the defensive backs, every single one of them lined up uniformly about six yards off the ball. So about a yard or two into the end zone. Yeah. Uh, and, and, it, and it was on the four <laughs> and it's just, it's, are you kidding me? You're giving up that much space already off the snap. I mean, one quick hitter yeah, and it's done and it's a touchdown. I just didn't, didn't understand it. What do you make and, of Micah Fitzpatrick piping up today and saying they put us in the, in bad positions, but we still have to make plays. Like, what did you make of that? I found that really, I don't think, I don't think he's been happy if you've been paying attention and if yes. you know Minka, I don't think he's been happy this entire off season. And this is a situation that is going to continue to develop and maybe get worse before it gets yeah. better. Because uh, I don't think, you know, he was, this is one thing he came in and we we're all, we we're all just, you know, slavering over the guy because of how good his character is. Well, he also played for Nick Saban, where they didn't lose <laughs> no and and so he, he comes to the miami dolphins and this is a different experience um so yes. because he, he's losing a, a fair amount of time now um so he's he's seeing last year he put he, you got to pay attention people got to pay attention he spit roasted the coaching staff last year yes. all right A after after they were gone i mean he flat out i mean he he put them he put them on blast. Okay, he 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 got up his megaphone and he was like, "This is ridiculous. They never told me where I was playing. Sometimes they would sometimes they would have to tell me where I was going to play that week during the walkthrough. Um, this is, I mean, he he just went airing out the dirty laundry, just just going after them. And everybody thought, oh, that's okay because we excuse it uh, when it's the outgoing staff, right? Yeah. But now he's kind of doing it here with the the staff that just came in yes <laughs> and and you're like and now you're gonna act surprised i mean this is he's establishing who he's going to be as a pro and it's not looking so hot I mean, it's not looking so hot off the field or on the field so you know yellow flags yeah like what happens with you know what happened to coaches coach and players play you know mm -hmm. what i mean all right, right. It, it, does he have a little bit of that smartest guy in the room syndrome? You know what I mean? Could be, could be. You know, usually the uh, you could do that when you Justice created, Winslow syndrome. Yeah, when usually you could do that when you've had maybe eight years in and you've made six Pro Bowls. You know what I mean? Right, right. Because then everybody looks at you and go, "Okay, that is the smartest guy in the room." Mm -hmm. Like you know, Ed Reed toward the end of his career, he was famous for even in those great staffs that the Ravens had with all those talent with with all those talented defenses. Ed Reed was known to just pipe up and say, you know what? We're not doing that. Mm -hmm. And the coaches would look at him like, what do you mean we're not doing that? And Ed Reed mm -hmm. would say, no, no, I don't like these coverages. So we got to change this and we got to change that. And we're doing this. And yep. guess what they were doing that week? Yep, that's true. <laughs> they were doing that because Ed Reed had credibility. Now, Minka does not have that. He just doesn't have that. He, you know, I hate to, you know, I hate to tell a player to just shut up and play, but, you know, you are the last thing we need right now to be going haywire 
<laughs> no, I know. That's right. You're, you're, you're supposed to be one of the few building blocks that we do have in yes. place. You and so Christian I Wilkins. You, I hate to tell Minka to just shut up and play, but just shut up and play. We don't need these, this aggravation right now. That's, that's true. I mean, it, absolutely right. And, um, and yeah, I, I, I think that it's, it's a shame. I, I hate to see what's going on. I mean, didn't he get in a fight? Didn't he get in a fight with uh, Xavier Howard like during a preseason game? Like yeah, there was shouting match over. Yeah. There was like, coverage. there was a big kerfluffle and you usually expect, I forget if this was, um, I forget if this was during, uh, during the, the joint practices or if this was during the preseason game against the Buccaneers, but you like, you like expect the, the fights between, you know, when you have the joint practices and stuff, you expect the fights to be between your team and the other team. And yeah. that's what happens. And, and instead, it was between Minka Fitzpatrick and, and Xavier. Watch out! Watch out for that. You know, keep keep an eye on that because you know what, uh, Xavier's here to stay. <laughs> yeah, and let me tell you, let me tell you one thing about about Minka Fitzpatrick. And I didn't say it at the time because you know, well, but now the guy is gone, so I guess we could say it. T.J. McDonald and Minka Fitzpatrick, not the the friendliest combination, I would yep. say, on the field. Okay. Of all the camp practices I saw, those two guys got into it plenty. Mm-hmm. And it did cross my mind when TJ McDonald got cut. I said, oh, that's interesting, right? Yep, yep. But, Flores, uh, Flores wanted that, wanted him gone. Yeah. But now Minka, you know, is still unhappy. Although, yeah, I mean, it's, overtly, it's but something to watch. Yeah, he's just, you know, pat some passive aggressive, aggressiveness there. But I mean, he's not, he's, he's only played, he only played the slot. I mean, just not, not, and clean up the snap counts. He only played in the slot 12 out of 48 snaps. Yeah. So he was in the box, 25 snaps, you know, he was uh, on the, like a drama one play at the end of the line on seven snaps. He was, um, you know, as a wide corner uh, on four of the snaps. So, I mean, that's, he's, I think Minka's mom, uh, you know, had a, had a thing. Yeah. Um, about about how he was being used and clearly i think that's sort of a reflection of what her son is telling her so i think yes. you know, keep an eye on this this is this is something this is a developing story ladies and gentlemen yeah and this is going to among developing story because when you lose 16 games and they might yeah. um then you know shit like this happens like something like this is going to happen every single game yeah well that's it for this week Next, yep. you know, next show on Thursday, we will preview Dolphins Patriots. And we'll also beg the question, have they gone too far? Yes. But, you know, usually this is where I leave you with it's Patriot week and we know that the Patriots can't come to Miami and win. And the last time I said it, it gave us one of the greatest memories in the history of Dolphins mm-hmm. football and the Miami miracle. Mm-hmm. Well, we just lost 59 to 10 to the Baltimore mm. Ravens. The Patriots just beat the Steelers 33-3. to mm-hmm. So what is in store for us this Sunday? We will tell you on Thursday. All right, that's it. There is no more. Talk to you guys in a couple of days. Welcome to Three Yards Per Carry, a podcast covering the Miami Dolphins and the NFL. Now, here's your hosts, Chris, Alf, and Simon.
This is Ricky J. Mark. In a world where sports radio continues to shift around the whims of corporate interests, we understand that the constant, unexpected changes can be exhausting from time to time. So that's why we think you should sit back, relax, and take five. Uh, reasons, that is. So go ahead, grab your smartphone, and subscribe to the Five Reasons Sports Network, available on virtually every podcast platform. We're South Florida's fastest-growing on-demand sports media network, so you decide when you want to tune in. You decide when you want to listen. Because we know your life can be hectic, go ahead, fall in love with our lineup, including Five on the Floor, Three Yards Per Carry, The Fish Tank, Light-Skinned Opinions, and Cinco Razones, whenever you want. All you need is an internet connection. So go ahead, tune in. Try us out. We're by Miami, for Miami, and spreading rapidly throughout South Florida. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.